Yeah, man. So how did the how the old hurricane go, man? Did you did you survive? Did you have to board up the old house? No, it it passed us probably somewhere between like forty and sixty miles to the west. So we did get a lot of wind, some rain, nothing. Uh, I mean, us individually, nothing really. I think my trash can might have chipped over. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll deal with that tomorrow. But um, yeah, other than the the two days of mass panic around here leading up to it, I. I went to Walmart to get a bag of pistachios last night, and dude, well, that, that place idea. was like that place was like Mad Max. Like you, oh, and I, I'm just like you know, we've known it's coming for three days, and it's like 4:30 the day before it's supposed to be passing through, and you know, people got three cases of bottled water in their carts, and I'm just like, boy, you're overdoing it. Yeah, well. Uh- for that, I would say, would, would they be someone that you would think would know anything? They they would be. I would think they would know something. This isn't uncommon here, but it's like every time is the first time. It's I don't understand it. Well, you should know that. Yeah, people, you can't trust them. They're idiots. People are, are going to do stupid shit. Like the COVID shit should have proven that to you that you couldn't even fucking buy meat anywhere. Like all the meat was cleaned out. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like people's freezers still have to be full from 2020, man. It's, it's crazy. So I, I mean, I through all mine. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It's just people, you can't, they're stupid. I don't know. Anyway, welcome back to the South End Zone, part of the Bailey Sports Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. Uh, I'm with Eric Mulhair, uh, part due, Eric, because of technical difficulties last night. We tried to stream live and it was a shit show to say the least. Did not work. Taking a mulligan on no. this one. <laughs> and this a is not breakfast, we are- breakfast ball, if you will. It, indeed. I love a good breakfast ball. And we're going to do part due of week one here it is finally week one. And Eric, we had a little bit of action in week zero. Notre Dame and Navy was the midday action, the first real college football game of the year that I really paid any attention to. And I got to tell you, it wasn't really worth much paying attention to because Notre Dame was capital D dominant uh, for the entire entirety of the game. Navy got completely and utterly pushed around, and it was ugly. So I'm not ready to crown them quite yet, but it it was impressive. What What were some of your takeaways from Notre Dame? The big takeaway was just how does Sam Hartman look in that offense, right? You get him out of that uh, very unique slow mesh stuff. He was running at Wake and into something a little more, I guess, traditional would be the word. Um, just, you know, how comfortable does he look running a different scheme, you know, and progressions and ball placement and accuracy like you would expect after watching him for a couple of years. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, he looked fine. I don't think you can draw any real meaningful conclusions about him or Notre Dame or even Navy based on that game. But, um, you know, the I big thing agree is with that. I, how, I, how I do Navy is a much better team than <laughs> what they looked like on Saturday? Well, yeah. I, I mean, without looking at their schedule, I would guess that Notre Dame is going to be the best team they play all year. Probably uh, so. And they're just, they're just such a mismatch against those guys up front. So I, I think, you know, I don't know how good Navy will be, but I don't think they're going to lose every game. You know, forty-five to three or whatever, forty-two to three. Yeah, the biggest thing I noticed was the offensive line for Notre Dame. It was just like they just straight up just manhandled them, and I think yeah. they'll manhandle a lot of people this year yeah. based on what I saw. I mean, that's one thing that you can kind of evaluate regardless of who they're playing. You know, if it's even 
remotely competitive team on the other side, you can sort of gauge how dominant an offensive line sort of looks. And that's what I saw, man. I was like, whoa, like Notre Dame has animals up front. <laughs> so yeah, our, our preseason prediction of they were going to be really good up front, I think is going to stick uh, outside of that game, which was a 42 to three shellacking. Uh, there were some other interesting tidbits. Jacksonville state in their welcome to the FBS gets a win. And they were, they were, they were plus one and a half. They win 17 to 14. So congrats to Jacksonville state and rich rod. Welcome back to the FBS, my man. Mm-hmm. I I had forgotten until I um, checked. Cause that was one of my picks, right? So I checked in on it and I I'd actually yeah. forgotten that, uh, that he was back at Jackson or back coaching and that he was at Jacksonville state. A uh, couple of other notes here. UMass. Oh man, this one, this one hurt me, man. Jerry kill. What the fuck is New Mexico State doing? Like, I don't want to talk about this much, but UMass, this was, they were 0-24 in their last 24 road games, and they get a win inexplicably over New Mexico State, 41-30. to So congrats to the Minutemen, man. Good God. I didn't actually watch any of that. I just kind of caught it after the fact. I believe you had that on a parlay, if I remember right. I did. I did throw that on a parlay because I expected New Mexico State, who went to a bowl game last year, to get a win against a massively inferior talent-wise squad. And and I mean, it's not like it was complete dominance either way. It was like thirteen to ten at the end of the third quarter. And the fourth quarter was a complete scoring shit show, and UMass ends up winning forty-one thirty. So again, mm-hmm. congrats to UMass on burning my parlay. And New Mexico State, you're dead to me. Speaking of dead to me, USC's defense is still dead to me, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody else. I think they did not look good. I don't know that it's an overreaction to say that their defense is going to suck based on one game. We said all off season it was going to suck. And then we saw it in game one. It does suck. And it's like just a confirmation of it's exactly, I mean, all I can say is like, they are who we thought they were. <laughs> Fair. It. Yeah. You know, I, I got to go with Denny on just, that one. It, yeah. I mean, I, you shouldn't be surprised if you're a USC fan and you're listening to the show. We do have some listeners in California. If you're a USC fan, don't come at me. I mean, if you listen to our show before, we told you all offseason that Lincoln Riley does not give a shit about playing defense. They're not going to stop anybody. And they very well may go 11 or 12 and 1 and make it to the playoffs. But when they do, they're going to get fucking smoked by somebody who can play defense. Moving on from USC and their defensive shitstorm, the only other game of any consequence was Hawaii and Vanderbilt. Uh, we did have, or I had Vanderbilt uh, no, minus we, seventeen we here. Did, I don't yeah. know if you did. They, they screwed okay, both of us. Okay, well, yeah, Hawaii. I mean, they playing with a little bit of extra moxie, you know, playing for uh, the home state and all the the tragedy that's going on there with all the fires, and uh, you know, a little bit of extra motivation there for Hawaii. So kudos to them for playing hard, going on the road to play. You know, a lower caliber SEC team, but still a team that is much more talented than them. And to, mm-hmm. you know, keep it within a touchdown, very respectable. So, you know, whether I think they're finally, this is year two in that offense. And I think maybe they're tr- finally starting to figure some stuff out. And it's not just a complete dumpster fire like it was last year. But for Vanderbilt, I, I don't really know that I have any major takeaways. It's game one against Hawaii. 
And I just, I, I don't think Vanderbilt's going to be very good anyway, just because of who they play from week to week. But outside of that, do you have any major no, takeaways mean, from week zero other than that? I don't. Um, no. I, I mean, those are really the only four or five games that were worth even discussing. And most weeks they wouldn't be, but, um, you know, that's what we had for week zero is a good warm up for, for week one. Indeed. And speaking of week one, man, let's effing go, let's get into it. And what we're going to do, uh, as far as your listeners go, all you guys, we're, we're just going to hop back and forth and however many bets that we have that we like individually, we'll just read them off. Some of them may overlap. Some of them may not. Uh, we've kind of weeded it down to where we're going to do maybe four or five, whatever. I mean, if you've got eight, you feel supremely confident in Eric, I say, I'll salute, go ahead. But me personally, typically week to week, I only have, you know, at most five to six bets that I'm supremely confident in and would be willing to lay money on. And I don't have that many this week, to be honest. So, yeah, I have three, I have three and then uh, kind of a, uh, an upset pick that I feel okay about. And then I, we can talk about a couple others that I was tempted by, but couldn't pull the trigger on. Um, yeah. I, I think my first pick, the the line I like a lot is West Virginia at Penn State under 51 and a half. And mm. I, have not, I have not looked since this morning to see if that's moved. But... Um, Oh, there we go. Yeah, fifty and a half. Okay. Yeah. So 50 yeah, and a half. I would I would still take that. I think Penn State is really just kind of not put everything on the new starting quarterback. They're just going to rely on that two headed monster in the backfield and control the ball and just run it. I don't think West Virginia is going to be very good defensively, and I don't know how good they're going to be on offense with you know the new quarterback. Uh, the leading rusher they're replacing the top four receivers Penn state is better up front on both sides of the ball. So I think it'll just be kind of a grinded out really more physical game. And if you are a team that runs the ball or is run heavy, I think you have a chance to, with the new clock rules, you know, kind of get through that clock a little quicker without as many plays. And, you know, kind of my theory, part of the, the reasoning with that is fewer plays probably means fewer points. And I don't think West Virginia is going to score a whole lot either. So give me under 50 and a half for the Mountaineers and the Nittany Lions. I'm going to join you on that. That is also one of my picks. Uh, that was the first total that I looked at that kind of stood out to me that I liked. Uh, I'm with you for all the reasons that you said. Uh, if you're going to, you know, take away a few possessions, you know, two, three possessions, then I like Penn. And, you know, ultimately, I, I just don't know that West Virginia is going to score very many points, bottom line. And I think with a new quarterback, I don't know that I see them just coming out and opening up the playbook a ton for this and letting him sling it all over the field when they can just probably hand it off to Singleton and those other dudes back there and just run it right down West Virginia's throat. So I am going to join you on the under 50 and a half. Uh, mm. But speaking of this game, for me, just give me Penn State minus 20 and a half, dude. I think they're just going to destroy them. I, I don't think 20 and a half is enough. I think this is going to be a beat down. I mean, am I crazy here? 
So I don't, I, I generally don't like the bigger spreads this early in the season because I feel like the dogs get called off earlier than they might in, you know, week six or weeks or in conference play or something like that. But, um, 20 and a half was tempting because it's, you know, it's not a conference game and Penn state, you know, and 20 and a half isn't such a huge number, right? It's not like, you know, 36 and a half or something like whatever Michigan's probably favored by. So, yeah, um, it, it was tempting, but I just kind of limited myself to the under on this one because I felt better about mm. it. All right. So, so far I'm on the Penn state spread. I'm on Penn state minus 20 and a half. I'm also on the under 50 and a half. Eric is on the under 50 and a half. All right. What's your next one? What do you got? What do you like? I went back and forth a little bit on this. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to take Clemson minus 12 and a half at Duke. You son of a bitch. Um, so this one actually, and I kind of annoyed this opened at uh, 10 and a half and, and went up. So, yeah, I, but I still don't think 12 and a half is enough. I, I think Clemson is going to be better on offense than they have been the last two years when they've been four and four against the spread as road favorites. But, you know, I also wonder about Duke because we talked about it during season previews. And I don't want to say they were a mirage, but they have a much more difficult schedule this year than last year. And they're not going to win nine games again. So they, they probably weren't as good as they looked record-wise last year. They might be better than they're going to look record-wise this year, but I think Clemson is two touchdowns better. Um, you know, because before these last two years when they struggled offensively, they were like 12-5 and five or 12-6 and six as road favorites against the spread. So, And I think they're going to look more like that team than the one we saw with DJ Uyunglele and Brandon Streeter, yeah. uh, you know, behind the offense. So it – it has moved a couple of points, and it may continue to move because the overwhelming majority of the money is on Clemson, uh, like 85-plus percent of it from what I've seen. So if you like that pick as well, I would tell you maybe hop on it before it goes up further. I'm also on that one, you son of a bitch. Uh, again, for all the reasons you said, I'm not going to rehash it. I think Clemson is much better on both sides of the line of scrimmage than Duke. And I think that'll be the difference in the game. I don't see Duke just throwing it all over them. And I certainly don't see him running the ball very effectively. So I like Clemson pretty big in this one. I would say, you know, at least 17 points here. I think this line is a little bit, uh, I don't want to say egregious, but I just, I don't agree with it. I think uh, Clemson wins a lot more comfortably than this, even though it is on the road. So mm -hmm. I'm going to join you on that one as well. Uh, now, for me here, okay, I'm going to bet on Beamer Ball on the money line here. It's two and a half. They're at plus two and a half, so I'm not going to bet on the spread inside a field goal. I'm just not going to do that. Like, I would rather just take South Carolina on the money line at plus 116. I mean, do you, <laughs> do you think I'm crazy for this on a neutral site? I'd. I will acknowledge that North Carolina will most likely score a lot of points. But I don't think South Carolina is going to be much of a slouch scoring points either because North Carolina can't stop anybody. I, I debated on the over. Yeah, I, I this game I looked at, I didn't really bother too much with the spread, but I did look at the over. Um, mm -hmm. 
And I think as far as the bet goes, because what'd you say? Two and a half is what they're catching. Yeah, they're they're a two and a half point dog at a neutral site, which that's about what we figured. But uh, one sixteen on the money line, it's not great value or anything like yeah, that. It's not, I think I think if I was going to bet South Carolina, I would just take the two and a half points at what probably minus one ten. Uh, one hundred five current. One hundred five. Mm, I, I think I probably still would, but I yeah, I don't think it's a terrible bet either. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and take them to get the upset and go plus 116 on the money line here. And, you know, I don't have a ton of conviction either way, but I do think South Carolina's defense is better than North Carolina's. And that's the difference for me in picking this game, period. So, yeah, I have nothing else to add to that. So what's your what's your uh, your next one? Uh, My last line before we get to. Uh, I'll save my upset pick for last, and I will talk okay. about Boise State at Washington. Mm, uh, I was interested Washington. in this one. I was, I was wondering if you were gonna if you were gonna take some action on this because I I, I had it like sort of jotted down, but I backed off of it. I'm just I, I wasn't confident enough to make a pick on it. So I was on the fence, um, and I was I was just kind of looking into both these teams a little more. To, to see if I could decide either way or just, you know, walk away from it. And Kalen DeBoer is a head coach at between, uh, you know, Fresno and Washington. He's nine and one against the spread and non-conference play. And Andy Avalos, uh, Boise State coach, is three and six against the spread in non-conference games, uh, including 0 and five last year. Ooh, so, you know, Washington playing at home, I don't... You know, 14 and a half is kind of a tricky number, but I will go ahead and take it just because I think they're going to score a shit ton of points. And I don't know that Boise will be able to keep up. They don't bring a ton of guys back from what was a pretty good defense. They gave up just under 20 a game. Uh, What would worry me if I'm a Boise fan is they lost two corners from last year who were like all conference type guys. You know, you're replacing two pretty good cornerbacks. So I will take Washington minus the 14 and a half at home. Yeah, I'm not touching that, but I don't hate it. That that's like sort of the way I was leaning. But I just Boise State, man. They mm, any Boise State game I've ever bet on, whether it was for Boise State or against them, I've been screwed. Mm. So I just, as a rule of thumb, I just don't touch them. But I'm not going there. But I don't hate that pick. That's not terrible. Okay, so for my next one, I'm going to I'm going to take it to uh, your neck of the woods here. I'm going to go with Tulane. Lane is laying six and a half at home against South Alabama. Number three team in the country the last uh, three seasons covering spreads would be Tulane. And if I'm getting less than a touchdown, I'm going to take them. So no big insight other than the fact that I think Michael Pratt is just an absolute monster. And I don't think South Alabama will be able to slow him down enough to keep it within six and a half. So give me Tulane. Minus the six and a half against South Alabama. I'm going to go with that. Mm. I've, got one, I've got one more after this. What What you got? I'm going to give you my last one. And it's funny, it's I'm, funny you bring I'm guessing it. it's going to be the same thing. <laughs> if, I'm, it, if I had to guess. I, I wanted to go through and kind of figure out what, what would be my favorite upset pick. And I think South Alabama at plus 220. Um if that's what well, they're still plus, getting. It's at plus 205 now. 205? Okay, I would still take that. I mean, you, if you could double up your money. Uh, South Alabama, they got 18 starters back. 
Uh, they went 10 mm-hmm. and three last year. Two of those losses, one was at UCLA by a point, and then they lost a slugfest to Troy, uh, I think yeah. 10 to six or something. So they're, they're pretty good up front, both sides. And, you know, they got six contributing receivers back. They top three running backs. They they just bring a lot of guys back from a pretty good team. And I, I wonder if Tulane is going to take a step back with Ty J Spears leaving. Top two receivers are gone. I like Pratt as well. I think he's I think he's excellent. But you know, they take a little bit of a step back. I don't think South Alabama is going to need a ton of room, you know, to to close that gap. So thought about taking them plus the points, but I will I will make that my upset pick. I like it. I'm on Tulane. You're taking South Alabama to win outright. I love it. That is just fantastic. Boy, our first like one v one of the season yeah. comes in week one. I love it. That's fantastic. yeah. I know. I know what game we'll be watching this weekend. Burning <laughs> up the group chat. All right. So this one I've been so on the fence about. I've been listening to your ass all off season about Florida State. Mm-hmm. Every bet that I've ever made on this show, to my knowledge, the only one that I've ever won when I bet for LSU was last season when I bet on them to cover against Bama. Because they were, you know, they were like a fourteen-point dog at right. Home. Yeah, I remember. I think we both took that because it was a uh, yeah. yeah they were like twelve and a half or something. Yeah, that's right. But every time I've ever bet on LSU, other than that, I've lost. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it, and I was like, I'm not doing that. Maybe Eric is right, and Florida State is going to be really, really fucking good. So, all that being said, I'm going to take Florida State at plus two and a half here in Orlando to just go out get a win. All they got to do is win by two or, you know, not all they got to do is keep it within two points here. And I, you know, do I have a ton of conviction here either way? No, Brian Kelly is a winning machine, but Mason Smith being out, I think hurts them a little bit. And although I don't agree with him being out, the NCAA can't get out of their own way and they're retarded. Um, you know, that's it is what it is. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's out whether I think it's dumb or not, which I do. Right. But, yeah. The result so, is the result. So, right. And so I don't know that they're going to win, but I think it is going to be one of those games that comes down to like, just like last year, man. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be just dead close and it's going to be decided by a late field goal or a two point conversion or some kind of crazy shit like that. But Florida State playing in Orlando, Hurricane just came through, all kind of crazy shit. I'm just going to bet on Florida State too cover this two and a half and call it a day. Yeah, I, I, I was close. And then one thing is this is the this will be the third year in a row now that LSU is a favorite to open the season in week one. And somebody on this show is betting against them in some form or fashion. Timmy did it the last two years. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see do. if we can we'll see if we keep the streak alive. Uh but this one didn't quite make the cut for me along with another one. The other one I was tempted by was Ohio State minus 28 and a half at Indiana because Indiana yeah. is going to, I they haven't even invented the words yet for how awful I think Indiana is going to be uh defensively, offensively, whatever. They're just going to be bad. Uh Ohio State's beaten these guys by 40 plus 3 out of the last 4 years and the only thing really holding me back is I don't know how much they're going to 
you know, let whoever the new quarterback ends up being throw it around. Sounds like both guys are going to play probably. Um, mm. They're not, Ohio State's not great against the spread as a road favorite. They're like three and five or three and six last couple of years. Granted, most of those, most of the time they're a huge favorite, but they're a huge favorite here, right? So I just didn't like it quite enough. I was tempted, but I want to see what they look like offensively first. Well, the best I can get you is 29 and a half. Um, mm. that's, there's, there's only a couple of books where you can get 29 and a half still. Most of them have gone up to 30, 30 and okay. a half. 30 yeah. So it's even, 31. so it's even moved since, since yeah. I wrote the column yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So 29 and a half, if you still want it, that's, or you're said well, you're not taking it, but that, it was tempting. Yeah. I couldn't pull the trigger at 28 and a half. I, I certainly wouldn't do it at 30 and a half, but it wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all if that's like a 56 to nine type game either but <laughs> oh man poor indiana I, hey. yeah i just want to see those guys first mm. here's a, speaking of big lines there was one big line that i debated on betting on outside of the penn state one which is pretty big and i almost feel more confident in this one and that's tennessee minus 27 tennessee, and a half yeah over uh, you started talking about big lines i was like oh here comes yeah, here come the vols i think tennessee i think tennessee could win this game by a hundred if they wanted to if that makes oh, yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, I just, it, it really boils down to, do you think they're going to call off the dogs and put in the third stringers? Because I, I mean, I've told you, I look at Tennessee like a, you know, if I was going to power rate them, I would power rate them probably in the top five, six teams. And I think Virginia is just bottom of the barrel and it's been a rough go for them with everything that's happened last year. And I just, man, it's neutral site, but I think Tennessee is, you know, just, it's going to be a blowout. So mm-hmm. not taking it because I don't know how quickly they'll call the dogs off or what have you, but I do like Tennessee huge here. I think it's a beat down. Yeah. Speaking of beat downs, another one I was uh, kind of tempted by, but I, I sort of eliminated this one off my list early on the horned frogs. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I was going to say it, but I was like, I don't want to spoil it. Yep. That's what, uh, what, what are they laying now? 20 and a half. 20 half still? Okay. I, boy, yeah. I, I get that TCU lost a lot of players. I get it. Boy, Colorado, I think it's just going to be so bad. I, I, I really, I mean, I did think about that initially. I was like, mm. you know, they're starting a quarterback who was actually the starter last year. Like, it's not some guy who's unproven and they don't believe in. And I just think Colorado's going to be shitty. But uh, I just couldn't bring myself, you know, basically, can they win by three full touchdowns? <laughs> yeah, they're at home. Yeah, they're, they're clearly the better team. Um, just well, they think both teams are going to score a lot of points with a total of 63 and a half. I was like, man, I mean, wait. Yeah, and that's gone up the last couple of days too because when I took down, yeah. I started started making my notes on Tuesday morning, it was at 59 and a half. Um, yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, I, and the money line is also curious to me. It, it, we're at plus 720 on the money line for Colorado, but you go down a couple of games here. Same spread, La Tech and SMU, same exact spread. Basically the same total in the money line on La Tech is 890. <laughs> so hmm. they have a lot of faith in Colorado, man. And I just, I don't know if the odds makers. They, yeah, they just must be pulling in a lot of money line bets and they, they're dropping it yeah and it's i cannot imagine betting money on colorado to win this football game (laughs) like couldn't be me 
it's mind blowing. I I don't understand. I, I, I think it's one of those things. People are watching too much TV and they don't look at if your offensive line sucks or not. And, they just see all the skill positions, and they see Dion and the Flash and the Swagger and all the yeah. Well, I, don't in the program, but. I don't know if they're watching too much TV or if they're not watching enough TV. If they think Colorado's <laughs> going to be any, or maybe they're not watching the right TV. Um, I don't know. They're certainly not listening to this show if they think Colorado's going to win this goddamn game. It, but, <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> yeah. So before any Apparently. of these other games kick off, there is one Thursday mm-hmm. night that we have talked about a number of different times, a couple different Jeez. conference previews either. We're both kind of 50-50 on this game because there's some information out there we'd wanted first before we had an opinion. And it really looks like Cam Rising is not going to play in the Florida at Utah game Thursday night. Yesterday, this line was at 7.5, and, and I think the last I looked this afternoon, it was down to 4.5. And, and no Cam Rising, Gators plus 4.5. I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. I <laughs> Utah should have beat them last year. They went for two instead of kicking mm-hmm. an extra point and ended up losing. But that was in Florida. Now Florida's got a lot more problems on offense, but I just I have such a hard time believing that the defense is going to be complete shit again. I mean, I just I don't know. It's hard for me. I, I don't hate the bet at four and a half, but man, I I don't know that Florida's going to be able to score. That's why I couldn't pull the trigger on this, because one thing I do know about Utah is that they're going to have a good fucking defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't know that Florida's offense is going to be any good. I have to see it first. So I can't comfortably lay a bet even without Cam rising and just feel great about it. So I just stayed away from it. It's just, it's yeah. too risky. I mean, me that. too. But if gun to my head, I had to make a bet on this game in some form or fashion. Florida plus four and a half would be the bet I'd make if I had to bet on this game somehow. Um, yeah. You know, I wouldn't feel great about it, but I wouldn't be like, oh God, this is a loser. No point in even watching. I, I think Florida got better up front, both sides. And I think they're a better team overall la- than they were last year. Does that mean they can go on the road and, and beat Utah? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, but I don't feel terrible about four and a half. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Not touching it. I, I don't feel any confidence in any bet on that game other than if cam rising doesn't play that under 44 and a half might be kind of attractive yeah yeah it, it opened well now it opened at 40 or oh i take that back it opened at 60 and a half and it has screened down all the way to 44 and a half so yeah it's it's dropped a couple points since yesterday even so yeah, so kudos to all you betters who got it when it opened at 60 and a half because, uh, you know, that that although it's one of those, <laughs> it could be a bad beat. Like, oh, Cam Rising's playing, and then he comes out and lights up the scoreboard, and Florida's throwing it all over. It's got bad beat written all over this game. Somehow, yeah, speaking of bad beats, how many yeah. one-score games has Nebraska lost in the last uh, oh, two, three seasons with Scott Frost? I mean, have we well, lost count? Minnesota. I, it was like seven. seven point. <laughs> yeah, two years ago, it was uh, seven or eight, I think, if I remember right. And then I don't know. that I didn't really pay much attention to them last year once things really started tanking. And I don't think yeah. they lost a whole lot of one-score games last year. I think they got their shit kicked out of them more often than not. Um, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that. I was like, of course, it's seven points. Yeah, it has to be. If I could get this at six and a half, I would be all over it. But there's just no six and a halves out there, like unless you want to pay for the points. And I I don't do that. 
like that's a rule of thumb. I don't ever buy points. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, I wouldn't touch it at seven. Even I, I might be. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, Minnesota's at home. It's come down. They opened at eight. Now it's down to seven. I think people have a little bit too much faith in Nebraska. And the thing about Minnesota, I think they're going to get better at quarterback. They got the Greek rifle now. And I think he's a bit of an upgrade over Tanner Morgan, who performed just meh the last mm-hmm. couple of seasons with and without Mo Ibrahim. But I think they upgraded a little bit at QB. Their defense is excellent. We do know that about them. They had an excellent defense last year. They brought a lot back. Matt Rule has a tendency to tank in year one. We've seen that at Temple. We saw it at Baylor. They were fucking terrible in year one. Won two games. And so if I look at a team like Minnesota who upgrades at quarterback and has an excellent defense and is at home, if they're getting just a touchdown, I feel pretty good about it, but not enough to take it. (laughs) Because how many times has Minnesota made me fucking sweat? Mm. Uh, Like a full half a season, they made you sweat. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Too much for me to take it and feel great about it. Mm. So do you have any more? that one does maybe have bad beat written all over it at, at seven even. Uh, no, what I was going to say is uh, Coastal is at UCLA. Oh, boy. And the total is, at, well, I don't know what it is now. It was at 64 and a half. Let me look it's to see if it moved down. <laughs> That's all you need to know. 66 and a half. Um, yeah. Boy, I'll tell you, if Coastal Carolina has fixed the defense at all because they didn't play a lick of it last year, I don't hate that under because UCLA's got – they're still trying to figure out who their quarterback's going to be. Um, yeah, but Coastal's, nobody fixes defenses anymore. We we go through this uh, every year where we I know. think, oh, year, year one, new coach, they're going to fix the defense. No, they're not. They're still not going to tackle anybody. <laughs> it's just I, I don't have a ton of faith in UCLA's offense, and that would be the only reason that I would bet against this total. Well, you got you got one you got one offense replacing some key guys. You have another offense that's changing their scheme from something that's been very effective, and we don't know that whatever they're going to be doing now is uh, you know works as well. It's just I don't know if uh, I don't know if I believe that Coastal has. Because some of it, you know, they had some injuries, but man, they just got melted a couple of times against teams who are not as good as UCLA probably will be this year. So I, you know, well, and for you casual betters out there, don't forget Jamie Chadwell's not there anymore. He's now mm-hmm. at Liberty. So I don't know what kind of scheme they're going to be running because they run some, that, that offense that they were running was complex and weird yeah. and, crazy like the ship lake forest runs and i don't know what they're going to be running now i have no idea i think it's just a little more kind of typical you know it's not going to be basically a triple option or a wing t out of the shotgun Um, yeah so they have a lot of the same players back but new system who knows how that's going to go so i thought maybe if this gets if it if it drops at all which i wasn't expecting it to it did drop a little bit but not quite enough it's down to 14 and a half is what ucla is laying and i was like boy if that if that dropped down below 14 i would snatch that up in a second mm. but 14 and a half i'm not quite there but I think, yeah i think coastal maybe takes a step back this season unfortunately <laughs> well here here's one for you uh one that i i swear to god i almost took this but i backed off i was like no i can't i can't believe that i even thought about doing this but <laughs> the relegation game Northwestern and Rutgers. <laughs> oh God! 
Rutgers is laying six and a half at home here. It's a daytime kick. It's 11 a.m. Oh, man. I I don't know what to make of it. Is Northwestern going to be just monumentally bad and Rutgers a touchdown better than them? I mean, I I don't know what to make of it. I just can't bring myself to – like, I can't imagine myself wagering money on Greg Schiano and Rutgers to win a game by seven or more points. I just can't. Only true degenerates are betting Rutgers. Yeah. I mean, I mean like you're Northwestern's you're a getting hardcore degenerate. Northwestern's getting two and a half wins from Vegas. And we were both on the under. And I, I I think with everything going on with them, it's probably either like a one and eleven or a five and seven type season for them. Nothing in between. Yeah, yeah. Um just based on kind of how they respond and what kind of you know, kind of like what you talk about with Hawaii, right? How you know, do they have a little piss and vinegar in them with with all mm-hmm. the things that have happened? Um, and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, but no, I would not our, I would not touch this game. What wasn't our over or under on Rutgers contingent on whether or not they could beat Northwestern? No, I think we just kind of acknowledge the fact that you know, for because I don't remember these, what we took on them. If we took the over or under, I can't remember. We both took Rutgers over three and a half and Northwestern oh. under two and a half. Because I think we both, and it wasn't that we um, made those picks like contingent on anything. I think we both just kind of acknowledged that this particular matchup in week one will probably decide both of those picks. Uh, But our expectation was that Rutgers would be a little less shitty than Northwestern. Yeah, I I couldn't go there. I was like, I'm not that big of a degenerate. I may be a degenerate gambler, but not that bad. (laughs) Good resort to... I would have to look through the whole slate. I bet you I could look through the entire slate of games for week one, and I'm not sure I could find a game I would be willing to bet on less than that one that involves two FBS teams. Oh, well, I was going to say, what about Virginia Tech and Old Dominion? Virginia Tech's laying 15 and a half, and the total is 47 and a half. Under? Is Virginia Tech going to be able to score? Because they didn't score. I don't know that I would pick Virginia Tech to beat anybody by more than two touchdowns. (laughs) I mean, even a even a Sun Belt team. uh, I mean, the last time Old Dominion played them, I think Old Dominion beat them. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was two years ago. I could be wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, the last time Old Dominion played Virginia Tech, they beat them. Um, now that you say that, I I want to say they played last year. Let me. Was it last year? I, I think it Virginia was Tech last year. Like Old Dominion really won 20 to 17. Yeah. Old De- Wow. They've played they played in 17, 18, 19, and then 2022. It's split mm-hmm. two and two last four games. Yeah. So, so 15 and a half. I guess we both might be after right. They there. Lost, yeah. After they lost to them a year ago, and you're gonna give mm-hmm. Virginia Tech 15 and a half points. At home, I mm, I don't know, man. It's kind of a curious one to me. Yeah, I might be actually tempted to put a little down on the Monarchs to cover that. That seems like a lot for Virginia Tech to be getting. Indeed. Like a lot. I, I mean, I, yeah. Like Virginia Tech's offense, are they going to be able to score 16 points? I'm not so sure. Right. Let, let alone 16 points more than than <laughs> Dominion. Ooh. <laughs> sorry, Timmy. So sorry, yeah. Timmy. I know you're. If you're listening, man, I'm sorry. No offense one, to, the, to the Hokies, but uh, that yikes. one might actually be worth maybe <laughs> making an edit to the article that came out this afternoon <laughs> or this morning. Uh, I don't know. I might have to get back to you. I might try to claim that one between now and Saturday. Hey, to, man, whatever. You want to throw down some cheddar on it, go right ahead. I'm good with it. Um, so, 
aside from that, uh, there was only one other sort of lower level game that I wanted to get your opinion on. And I don't know if you have an opinion on it, but the only reason I brought it up is because of the total is astronomically high. And that is Western Kentucky at home against South Florida. Mm -hmm. The total is 70 and a half. And Western Kentucky's laying 12 and a half here. South Florida was God awful last year. Alex Golosh is in his first season. Don't know what that's going to look like. They're going to be running that Tennessee type shit, the wide open Baylor offense Mm -hmm. type stuff. Western Kentucky still going to throw for 8 million yards with some, you know, division two transfer quarterback, but (laughs) 12 and a half. I don't know. I mean, what do you think with a total that high? I can't remember the last time I was actually tempted to bet the over on a total that was that high. I think there was, I think there was an old Miss game two years ago. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You bet the it was like seventy three and a half, and you took yeah. the over. Uh, and it did come close, but I this one boy it has it does have shootout written all over it. Like you're indeed. Like you're you're telling me that you know thirty eight to thirty five will get it done because I think that absolutely like is a reasonable you know, 42 to 35 or whatever, like both of these teams can absolutely score 30 plus. Um, yeah. So I, but I, I don't know. I know what, I know what Alex Golish is going to be trying to do. I am not confident enough. He has the players to do that to, to the degree where they're going to contribute to covering 70. Would you say 70 and a half? 70 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I nah, I'm not I'm not quite there. Give me a couple of weeks and if I, you know, if it looks like they can actually put some points off then I might start, you know, taking a look at South Florida and overs cuz I god, I would think South Florida and overs have been just loser after loser after loser the last couple of years. They've been <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I don't know. It depends on uh, you know, what the totals were because they gave up a shit ton of points. I can tell yeah. you that. Um, all right. Yeah, so I guess we're depends running on who they're playing. On, yeah, so we're running up on time here. We're gonna close it out. I'm gonna give you a couple and get your opinion on them because I do think they are a bit interesting. Uh the first one being your one of your faves uh year in and year out to bet the over on is Louisville. Louisville is laying seven and a half points on the road at Georgia Tech. The total is very, very low at 48 and a half. And that caught my eye. I was like, man, I know Georgia Tech, not known for scoring a ton of points, but Louisville typically, you know, Jeff Brom coming in. I feel like Louisville will be, uh, I, I, I feel like an over 48 and a half may not be a terrible play here. Am I crazy? Probably not. This is another one of those, like, if I had to bet on this game, I probably just would take the over. But mm-hmm. Georgia Georgia Tech to cover, it. what would you say? Because I, I had uh, eight and a, half, and a half yesterday. It's what? Yeah, seven and a half. Seven and a half? Yeah. Mm, I might actually be tempted to, to bet Georgia Tech to cover that as well. But I do think if I was going to bet that game, the under would be my play. Mm, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> new clock rules maybe georgia tech's gonna run the shit out of the ball i don't know i I feel like jeff brahm's system is pretty wide open they throw it a lot i don't know 48 and a half seems a tad low but i could be wrong uh and then the other one i wanted to get your opinion on well there's there's one that we're not touching that i'll touch on really quickly but this one i thought was interesting is uh michigan state and mel tucker laying 14 and a half at home against central michigan Mm, i don't know michigan state State can't stop anybody and i don't know that i have a ton of faith in them to beat anyone by more than 14 points until i see it now that being said 
Right. I was going to say, I, I agree with all of that, but I don't know anything yeah. about Central Michigan. Like, they could be the the Mac version of Michigan State, for all I know, and, and just <laughs> yeah, not be very agree. good. Well, what I was going to say is Mel Tucker is on record of saying this is his most talented team since he's been there. <sighs> Boy, I have difficulty believing that, but I guess we'll find out. Indeed. So... Not something we would touch, but I do think it's an interesting line in total. I mean, 45 and a half? Like, I don't know. I'm I'm anxious to see Michigan State's offense if it's just worth a shit at all. And in the Battle of the Miamis, Miami, Ohio is on the road at Miami. Miami's laying 16 and a half here, and I got to tell you, I do. this is another team that I don't have a ton of faith that they could beat anybody by 17. Um, We'll see. They've, had, Ohio, a of, they've had a lot of change as well, and... Yeah. I, I really like we talked about it in the ACC preview. If if they can get Tyler Van Dyke looking like he looked in 2021, then they'll be fine. They'll they'll go out and they'll win seven or eight games. Yeah. If if he looks like you know they get the quarterback play from him or whomever else that they got last year, boy, they're in trouble. And I wouldn't bet them to bet to beat anybody by 16. But um, yeah, I would leave that alone for now. Mm-mm. Man, I'm just I would be curious to see which Miami has more fans in the stands. <laughs> I was wondering if a personal shot at Miami's fan base was coming, but uh, it's always, it's, well, yeah, it's always right around the always corner. Right around. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. So before we close it out, is there anything else we need to cover? Cause I mean, my God, we covered the relegation game of Rutgers and Northwestern. I think no, I, over. It, I'll tell you what, if there's any other games out there, I, I don't think I want to cover them. Like, yeah, this has yeah, to be. There's not much. Yeah, there's not much else going on. Most of the other teams that play, if we missed your team's game, sorry, because they're they're not playing anybody. Like Texas Tech playing Wyoming, not touching it. Illinois Toledo, not touching it. Just you know, I just don't care about those games. Uh, UTSA and Houston, which is actually a pretty good damn matchup. UTSA is, is going to be a fucking good team, and Houston was a huge letdown last year. UTSA is only laying one and a half on the road here. So funny story about that. Uh, And I don't Mm -hmm. know if it was uh, like a typo or they just hadn't caught up to everyone else yet. But um, Monday afternoon, FanDuel had UTSA plus one and a half. Uh, Every other sports book had them um, minus one and a half. And that was actually going to be my upset pick. Thinking, okay, well, if you can actually get them plus the points, then just take the um take those points because it was weird that it had them listed at plus one and a half but they were like 111 or minus 112 on the money line i was like well how does that work so i think it was probably you know some intern hit the wrong key um probably or you know when the site we use was was aggregating all those different odds but Mm -hmm. um i do think utsa wins that i think they are the better team which is why i was ready to jump it was the very first pick that i laid out in the article i had to go back and and pull that out after everything shifted and caught up and yeah point and a half actually you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on that i'm gonna jump on it right here now throw that into my picks just give me utsa minus the one and a half i'll take it i don't care i think they are gonna beat them i think utsa is gonna be really fucking good this year so give me give me UTSA to get a win on the road here in the opener because I did have Holgerson on my hot seat watch list. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to stick by that and I'm going to say UTSA wins. So give me UTSA minus one and a half. So done. All right. Well, I think that is going to close us out for week one. It's finally here and I can't wait until next week when we can recap all of the action. And man, I'm just God, fucking finally college football's here. 
We're going to be watching Florida and Utah tomorrow night. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, finally. Thank God. All right. Well, in the interim, you can find us on social media at South End Zone Pod. That's uh, all the stuff that kids are on, you know, TikTok and all that shit. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Bailey 47. You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair. And we'll be back with you next week, recapping week one and laying some more cash on week two, assuming we have any left. <laughs> so, mm, until then, no shirts, you guys. <laughs> nope. But uh, yeah, we'll catch you later. Thank you very much. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>